News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk. Well, you see, while Ivan here filling in for Pat, uh, I just have to have a Wexford uh, connection every day. Uh, we had John F. Kennedy, we had the ambulance service, and today uh, we have a guy from Ferns. Uh, well, he's there because of his day job. He's political editor with the Irish Farmers Journal. I'm referring, of course, to my friend Pat O'Toole. And the reason we want to talk to Pat is what has gone wrong with our afforestation policy? Like, This is a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. It is a carbon sink. It is the smart thing to do. It's done on the worst land that, you know, maybe could just have mountain sheep. It's, 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 we've got the right climate for it. This is a no-brainer. Pat, first of all, talk to me about the statistics in terms of the targets that were officially set and how they haven't been achieved. So the target is quite clear. The objective under the Climate Action Plan is for 8,000 hectares of new plantation every year. Um, And we're falling way short of that. In 2022, we were 71% short. Uh, We only had 2,273 hectares planted. And that's not an outlier because there were similar amounts planted in 2021, slightly less and slightly more in 2020. But we haven't breached 2,500 hectares in the last three years. And there's no indication we'll breach it this year either. There was only about 800 hectares planted in the first four months of the year. So we're way off target. And that 8,000 hectare target in the Climate Action Plan is one of the lower targets that are out there in terms of sustainability. Um, uh, the Coford study, they're the advisory body, mm-hmm. uh, the industry body who, who would talk to government, they talk about 16,000 hectares a year required. Um, uh, Cahal O'Donoghue, an agri-economist in Galway University, talks about 18,000 hectares a year. And then the report by at the Atlantic University commissioned by the EPA, where they were looking at what's known as AFLU, that's agriculture, forestry and other land uses, carbon neutrality by 2050. And they say we would have to plant 35,000 hectares a year, every year from now to 2050. So depending on... So even the lowest, most modest targets are abysmally... Okay, no, so... There's two possible reasons. Um, One is that there's so much red tape attached to planting or that uh, there's an economic uh, reason that farmers would rather have livestock or or something else. Let's go through the red tape reasons first. I mean, I remember covering a couple of elections, 2020 and that, and one of the potent issues was tree felling orders, serial objectors. Just tell me the process you've got to go through if you want to plant five acres of a marshy bog. So five acres is over a hectare. It's two hectares. And uh, anything over a hectare, you require a license. Um, You apply for a license and it's open uh, to objection. Um, The problem was objections were too easy. We had serial objectors, as you say. Uh, One person objected over half of all the objections and there were blanket objections. Practically every planning application for uh, planting uh, was objected to. Sorry, j- just talk me through the process. Yeah. Like planning permission, I yeah. think of uh, the local authority, I yeah. think of Board Planola. Is, is, is it like that? You apply to your to the Department of Agriculture for the licence, for the felling licence or for the planting licence. And that has to be sanctioned. Depending on the circumstances, they may request an EPA report for the environmental impact or an environmental impact report, I should say, an EIP, um, or they may sanction it based on on the information you present. There's quite a lot of information required. But once the objections came in, then it had to go through um, uh, the, the, the process, the secondary process where the objection had to be 
uh, considered and frequently those objections went on to board Planola. Um, planning became backed up by as much as three years. So last year, in fairness, the government did address this. There was new legislation around planning. Objections can still be made, but uh, there are some restrictions about uh, around You have objections. to live nearby or something? And that, So that's freed things up. It's quite a complex system. Now, the, the felling licences are more serious in that they haven't so caught up So you have mature timber, timber yeah. and you want to actually harvest it and the price of timber has gone up uh, since Ukraine and all of that. Uh, why can't you just fell it? Um, again, there's an environment, environmental impact to felling uh, timber because when you're growing timber, it's a carbon sink. When you cut it, uh, now the land doesn't have the carbon sink. Plus, you're using uh, that asset and depending on the usage, it becomes a carbon cost. So, um, there, I thought there, one of the conditions of plantation is once you harvest it, you've got to plant the same land again. The replanting obligation is there. That's a huge problem because... Um, you remember Crow Before Dawn, our fellow Wexford band, mm. the, they, their big breakthrough song was Gone Forever. And that's the problem with planting land for forestry under current legislation. If I'm, I'm the average age of an Irish farmer, I'm 57. And if I planted uh, a few acres this year, it wouldn't really be for me, especially if it's deciduous trees. But th- 35 years. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's for the next generation. So that's a, a push factor, if you like, something to encourage you to put something in place sustainable for the next generation. But against that... N- you have to replant that land in perpetuity. So especially if it's decent, you know, workable land, you're taking that land out of food production and out of farming and into and, forestry And if forever. you go, I, I, I remember going to places like Leitrim and, and being harassed by people saying, you realise your pro-forestry policy is denuding us of population, there's no people living here and you're to blame, Ivan. Well, I mean, like, is, 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 is this unpopular? It's become unpopular in parts of the country. The Save Leitrim campaign is the most notable public protest against deforestation. They have two... Three, By three the way, they're bitching and whinging to the wrong person when they're talking to me. But anyway, carry on. Well, the, the first thing is that they're saying it's disproportionate. Too much of the land is being uh, afforested in that part of the country. Secondly, they question who it is to the benefit of. A significant amount of the land is being done by private interests. A lot of them are non-national and they say that that's a structural issue and that we're selling you know, our, our carbon cre- credits and rights out of the country uh, to investment funds. Uh, and the third one then is that it's the, the type of afforestation. So the vast majority of afforestation, it's, it's, it's groups, conifers, yeah. It's conifers, um, monoculture, and that is unattractive to live near. Well, no, so, you speak about 35 years to grow an oak tree costs 100, 100 years. I mean, like, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, so tell me the economic incentives. You know, if you want to get more of something, subsidise it, support yeah. it. What's the story there? So there's a new plan in place and the subsidies are attractive. Um, unfortunately, Brussels has not yet approved a plan for 2023 to 2027. So we're behind the curve on that as well. Um, but there, the, the pull factor against that... There, Ash dieback is a disease which is now bedeviling one of the most uh, commonly planted uh, native trees. Uh, and ash, of course, very important for, for a whole bunch of reasons, hurling not least of them. Uh, but uh, farmers are really underwhelmed with the reconstitution and underplanting scheme which has been put in place. So if you get ash dieback, not only is the timber going to die, it's dangerous because limbs will just fall off. So you have to fell it. And there's a cost in that. It's almost valueless. Can you prevent that disease? Uh, no, as of yet, we can't, and it's been spreading across the country. Sig- it's, it's not treatable. A significant proportion of, of ash t- timber in the country is now affected by it, and so far we haven't an effective treatment. Um, so 
the uh, okay. the, pr- the problem is that farmers say the compensation that's in place is totally inadequate, and uh, so we have we have a problem there again. Uh, causing farmers to think about afforestation. The final issue then is just land use. So if you think of the competition for land, they're not making any more of it. And uh, apart from, you know, the expansion in dairying, which has, you know, eaten up a lot of land, we have a government target to increase the uh, amount of tillage land because we need to grow more crops in this country. There's re-wetting and nature restoration. About 15% of Irish farmland is already restored to nature or with nature. But there's uh, designs to increase that. You've got solar, wind, biofuel and bioenergy, very ambitious targets. So um, when you look at all those competitions for land, farmers are considering their options and forestry is losing out. Okay. Basically, let's give up on the farmers a second and just look at the corporate you refer to. Keelche. Surely Keelche can do all the planning. Get out the checkbook, uh, buy up the land. You know, the farmers will take, you know, the checkbook uh, and and basically uh, leave it to the corporate sector. And I suppose... Quilch's model has been buying poorer land, as you said, and planting it. And now there's a lot of environmental concern around that. Um, there's questions over whether that's that's uh, good in the long term, especially for um, in, in terms of the, the, the stability of the land and also waterways and, and the quality of the rivers in the areas uh, in question. Well, how would forestry be bad for the waterways? Uh, when you have Sitka spruce, uh, it's acidic and uh, that can cause issues because you've got the, you know, when you get heavy rains, um, you're getting the fall off from the forested areas. But, but uh, what are Kielce's plans? Are, are they full steam ahead? They are, but their, their budget is, is limited and land is becoming more and more expensive. Um, and all, all of these uh, various pressures on land availability um, mean that Quilche, um will need help. The private sector is going to be the dominant uh, a forester into the future. And the market for timber, like we import a lot of timber and so on, is is the market strong? The market's buoyant. Um, in fact, one of the problems at the moment is we're importing raw t- timber from a, a, a part of Scotland which currently is, uh, is, is disease-free. But there's huge fear among foresters that we're going to import more diseases. Uh, because of the lack of felling licences. Uh, and we have a huge need to increase, like there's targets for, for farming, as, as you said, and climate targets around sustainability. But the built environment is a sector that has a target. It has no hope of reaching our present. And one of the things we need to do is use much more renewable energies in uh, renewable uh, so, uh, um, timber is the mo- most obvious one in Ireland um, as a renewable uh, building material. And, and also it is a carbon sequester. All right. Uh, of course, the Farmer's Journal. I saw my copy there on the desk this morning. The most successful print publication in the country in terms of retaining uh, numbers uh, out on a Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, uh, do get it. Uh, all the information you want about the sector. Pat O'Toole, political editor. Thank you for joining us. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.